morning. Let us, uh, let's have a moment of prayer. Father, we thank you, God, for your word. Lord, we thank you, God, for this time to receive your word. I pray that our hearts would be open, our minds, God, open to what you have to say to your church this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, last week, we were talking about what it means to submit to one another. And even though that word in our society today has negative connotation, it's not what the Bible says um, what submitting is. And that there's a blessing in submitting. There's a blessing in obedience this morning. Spiritual obedience is good for the members within the body of Christ. It allows for the three tiers of spiritual maturity to take place in the life of the believer. This is something that we learned in Ephesians. To imitate God, to walk in the spirit, and to listen to sound instruction. Those in the church should allow others to impart godly principles. And this is done by submitting one to another. The disciple should obey their spiritual leader. The pastor should obey the Lord. The wife should listen to the spiritual direction of her husband. And the husband should love the wife as Christ loved the church. The reoccurring thought is how we operate in the spirit as a family in Christ and how relationships look when Jesus is in the center. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, verse four, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, in the Dios habla hoy translation, it says, Hijos, obedezcan sus padres como agrada al Señor. It pleases the Lord. It says it pleases the Lord. Another translation, the Amplified translation says, accept their guidance and discipline as representatives. The cohesive thought here is that God honors obedience. We honor God. God doesn't have to honor anything. He's God, right? But he honors obedience. And that's good for us this morning. Now, in the book of Samuel, we don't need to turn there. Verse, uh, chapter 15, verse 22, it says through the message translation, do you think all God wants are sacrifices, empty rituals just for show? He wants you to listen to him. Plain listening is the thing, not staging a lavish religious production. See, God is concerned this morning with our obedience more than our sacrifice. More than just doing a noble thing, a good thing. More than, than going out of your way to help someone. More than, than giving to a charity, which are all good things to be uh, pursued. 
But God's concern this morning is obedience more than our sacrifice. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16, it says, in regards to the Ten Commandments, it says, honor our parents. And this comes with a promise. Now, out of the whole Ten Commandments, it is the only one that has a promise tied to it. You don't get points for not murdering someone. Amen? You don't get kudos for not stealing. But God says, if you honor your father and mother, I'm going to bless you. Now, this commandment alone leaves room for speculation. I mean, what if your parents are just straight up mean, right? I want you to scrub all the floors every day for the rest of your life. I mean, come on, right? What if, what if, you're, you know, what if your parents say, you know, you can't serve God? What if, what if they, they put this, this yoke of bondage? See, it's talking about the things of the spirit. When, it, when, when we're talking about obedience, we're talking about obedience in the spirit. Submitting to one another in the spirit, right? It's not like you're going to come to church. I'm going to be like, hey, you know, I feel like telling you to go run a mile. Okay, I guess I got to go run a mile because I got to submit. That's not what it's talking about. Submitting to one another in the spirit. Now, we're going to go to the book of Deuteronomy. And we're going to spend some time there because... What I love about the Bible is that it just doesn't give you a command. It doesn't say, okay, well, honor your father and your mother, and dad and mom instruct your kids the right way. Okay, I'm done. No, there's, there's a way and a process on how to do this. And that is what we're going to be talking about this morning. See, what Moses was talking directly with God, right, And he was about to receive the Ten Commandments. And God shared some very important information regarding obedience and disobedience. Let us turn there. So Deuteronomy chapter 5. He says this. He says that in in, in, uh, starting in verse 9, it says... You shall not bow down to them or serve them in regards to idols. For the Lord your God is a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. But showing steadfast love to a thousand of those who love me and keep my commandments. There's a blessing with obedience. Basically, what this verse is saying is that if, if you hate me and you teach your kids to hate me, that will pass on to the generations. And it's going to go from the third and fourth generation. But he says, God says, if you teach your children to love me, my unwavering love is going to be with them for a thousand generations. This is what the Lord says regarding obedience. Obedience. You teach your kids to love me, I'm going to be with them. I'm going to be with their children, their their children's children. Obedience 
will change the course of those after you. After Moses shared with the people all the commandments of God, the people's hearts were moved to listen and obey. So a recap is, after God had given Moses the Ten Commandments, the people were hyped. They were like, this is good stuff. I, I, I really want to listen and I want to obey. And Lord, you know, we're going to serve you and we're going to do, you know, all that we can do to live for you. And, and, it's, and God tells Moses this. He says, oh, that they had such a heart as this always to fear me and to keep my commandments that it might go well with them and that their descendants forever. See, there's a, God is basically saying, if you fear me and obey me, it's gonna go well with you it, and to your descendants. Now, going back to our text this morning, it says, fathers, do, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. As parents, we are instructed to instruct and discipline our children. Now, who here would send their child? Well, let me, let me phrase it this way. Imagine you're at home and your son or daughter comes home with a black eye. And they tell you, I got beat up by someone at school. I mean, I don't know about you, but I would, I would just, I would go crazy, man. I'd be like calling the school, trying to figure out what's going on, go straight over there, you know, because you don't want that for your children. You want them to go to school and you want them to feel safe and secure. Now, there would be a dad side of me, right? We got to put our child in jujitsu, right? We got to make him into an MMA fighter. We have to... Uh, Prepare him to defend himself, right? Because what father in this place would just, send, knowing that there's a bully at school, knowing that there's someone waiting for him at the gate, just, just go, just go, see what happens. No father would do that, right? I mean, there's a right way of doing things, but it's just, you know, as a father, you want to protect your children. As a mother, you want to protect your children. If there was, if there was an issue, you would, you would try to help them and, and educate them and give them resources and what to do. Go to your teacher. Run to the principal. You know, do different things. You know, run away from it. Don't, don't, don't just stand there, right? You'd prepare them. Now, what I love about my wife is that she prepares our kids for everything. She, she's very diligent in how she takes care of them. They have their little lunchbox and little compartments and you know, their, their snack and their, their, their lunch. I was like, man, when I went to school, <laughs> I, went, I went empty-handed. I didn't have anything. I just went to school and bumming off the kids at the playground, you know. But... Uh, you know, we prepare our children. We love our children. But what about, what about the world? What about the enemy? Because, see, the devil's real. 
Hell is real. Heaven is real. It, these things are real. The media will try to pervert the minds of our children. The school will try to indoctrinate our children. The, the peers at school, just, or even just growing up, or even if your kids are older at work, you know, there's so many influences out there. And as a parent, what are we doing to instruct our children? What are we doing to prepare them? It's like that father who just sends their kid to the bully. Just go figure it out. See what happens. But, and it sounds silly, but that, in reality, that's what we do. We don't prepare our children. We don't explain how it works. Why do we go to church? Why do we read our Bible? Why do we pray? Why do we go to church on Sundays? We're not educating our children in the ways of the Lord. Why do we pray when we sit down as a family? You know, what does all this mean? And because we don't educate our children, we are just sending them to the bully, to the, to the enemy, to go and just, ha- just have your way with my, our children. We are to instruct our, our kids this morning. Now, in his word, God has expounded on the command, discipline and instruct. Back in our story, the conversation continues between God and Moses in the Ten Commandments. And he says this, and it's very interesting. In chapter 6, God tells Moses, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your might. And then he goes on and he says, And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house. And when you walk by the way, talk about it. And when you lie down, talk about it some more. And when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be on the frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Verse 10. And when the Lord your God brings you out of the land that he swore to your fathers with the great good cities that you did not build, with the houses of good things that you did not fill, with the cisterns that you did not dig and the vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat and are full, take care, lest you forget the Lord. This morning, uh, well, let me, let me phrase it this way. I remember I was at work years ago, and I had this employer that I guess saw that I was kind of reckless or something. I don't know. But he, he wanted to have a heart-to-heart conversation with me. And he says, Jesse, there's this chair right here. And this chair represents your life. I remember he told me each leg represents something in your life. This leg is the relationship's. This leg is your relationship with God. This leg is finances, and this leg, I forgot what he said. But the point is this. He said, you know what? If, if you have one leg that is shorter than the other, 
it renders the chair useless. I said, if you have one leg that's super long and all of them are really short, you can't sit on that chair. And I remember when he said that, it really stuck with me. And I was like, man, that makes a lot of sense. Religion can't be everything. The world tells us that. Religion cannot be everything, right? You, you have to put everything in a compartment, everything nice and balanced. And, you know, in our society today and in our, in our personal lives, that's what we look for. We look for balance. Everybody wants balance. They want time with the wife. They want time with the children. They want to be successful in their careers. They, they, they want balance and they want everything to go smooth. And that's what we strive for. And, and while all that makes sense and sounds good, I want to tell you this morning that God is not a leg on the chair. The word of God tells us that the way we teach our children about the Lord is when we wake up, when we lay down, when we're eating, when we're, you know, doing our thing here and there. It's, a, it's, it's an all the time thing. We're never off the clock as a parent. We're always to raise our children in the Lord, in all things. And where, and where people might say, that's ridiculous. You know, God can't be everything. God is saying, I want to be everything. If, if I'm not everything, I don't want what you're going to give me. I don't want what you think you should give me. I want to be everything. Bible says here that, you know, we're to bind them up, the commandments on our hand. So like, imagine, you know, you're, you know, you're, 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 I'm left-handed. So every time I use my left hand, oh, the commandment is right there. He said to put them in front of your eyes. You know, I, I imagine like, you know, the horses, things and but there's nothing distracting them. Right. Um, but the, the, the idea is that God needs to be everything in our lives. God is not the leg on the chair. He is the designer of the chair. And if you make him the designer, he's going to bring the balance. And he's going to instruct on how to build that chair. And um, let's go further. I'm going to close here pretty soon. And it says here that he tells Moses that, you know, you got to do all this stuff, Moses, because what's going to happen is that there's going to come a time in your life where you're going to be living good. And, and when you live, when you start living good and you start, you know, um, benefiting from all the blessings that I have, that's when you need to be careful because you'll forget and it's, and it's so true, and it's even true in my own life. Sometimes when things are going so great and so good, prayer becomes last on my list. I'm not so worried about the things of God because things are going so good. And God says, be careful. Be careful of that. Even when things are going great, remember me. Now, I want to close this morning with this last portion of scripture. So Moses gave the ten, I mean, God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses. 
And he's basically telling them, you know, how to teach this to, to their children so that they don't forget. And in verse 20, chapter 6, God ends with this. He says, when your son asks you in time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and statutes and the rules that the Lord your God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders and grievous against Egypt and against Pharaoh and all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from there that he might bring us to the land that he swore to give our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God, for our God always, and that he might preserve us alive as we are here this day. Amen. Let us end there. Now, why do we do what we do? Why do we live for God? One day your son or your daughter may ask you, or you may, someone at work may ask you, why do you go to church every Sunday? Why do you make the effort to do this? Why do you, why do you give your money, your resources to church and your time and your energy? Why do you do all that? And you know what? Even though our kids don't ask us, they are very much observing what we do. And the response that God gives to Moses is our response today. Why do I do this? Because I was a slave to sin under the power of the enemy. I was a slave to my own thoughts and desires. But Jesus, through the power of his blood, broke the chains of slavery with his mighty hand. He brought me out of there. And just as God told Moses uh, that he's preparing a place, God is preparing a place for us. Jesus said, Jesus said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. Our children should know this. They should know that the reason why we do what we do is because we've been saved. We've been born again because we've asked Jesus to live in our hearts because we've been forgiven. And because we've been forgiven, we do what we do because we love the Lord. Because we know we've been sealed by the Holy Spirit because we know we have a future and a hope. You know, it's, it's a sad thing when people don't have a hope and a future. When after they, the Lord takes them, that there's nothing there. I want to tell you this morning that when you give your life to Christ, he gives you a future and a hope. And because of that future and hope, we can live every day with the joy and the blessing that God has for our lives. Let us uh, bow our heads this morning.